Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear, or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Now here's your host, Colter Nuanez. What's up, Montana? Sun's shining in western Montana. We're going to talk a lot of ice sports today. The NHL has reached the crescendo. The Stanley Cup playoffs start tonight. Welcome in. No one is now ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for being here. Fun show today. Tons of great guests for you. Going to start things off with some Stanley Cup finals. Mike Anderson, the head coach of the Grizz hockey team and... Uh, one of our resident NHL experts around this town. He's on his way here to the studio, so we'll catch up with Mike about all things Stanley Cup Finals. It's also a big time a year for distance runners. And so we have our latest River City Runners highlighting a couple of the great distance runners that just competed at the NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships. And also a couple great races here in the state of Montana as well. The Governor's Cup up in Helena took place over the weekend and the Missoula Marathon coming up next weekend here in Missoula. So it's an exciting time for a distance runner. So we'll get a little of the details of that. Also got a prep extra with some uh, various updates for you from the high school level, including a high school athlete who's about to be a college athlete who's coming to the University of Montana who has a huge accolade, Vince Genitone. 
a kid out of North Platte, Nebraska. He is the Omaha World Leaders Athlete of the Year. So high accolades for an incoming Grizz recruit. It's also Shrine Game Week, which means some of the best players from the state of Montana will play their last high school football game. We have a two-guest ESPN roundtable. Bryce Carver, the head coach of the West team for the East-West Shrine Game, will join us about 5 o'clock. About 15 minutes after that, Mark Sampson, one of the great coaches in Montana football history, whether it's his stops at various high schools uh, as well as in the college ranks, he'll also join us. This will be Sampson's 390th career game and likely his final as a high school head coach. He retired after six seasons at Great Falls High, but he's also had many stops across the landscape of high school football, most prominently as one of the great double-A coaches in state history at Helena Capital uh, for almost two decades there, winning so many different state titles there. So he'll join us as well. And uh, also going to keep talking about, in my mind, one of the most compelling subjects in the wide world of sports, and that's the Live Tour and uh, just what it means for golf in general. So there you go. That's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Uh, any questions you might have in real estate, give Brent and his team a call today. We are joined in studio now by a good friend of the show and uh, also the head coach of the Grizz hockey team, Mike Anderson. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Uh, reserve was a bit more busy than I expected. That's how it goes. So I kind of rushed in here, but I was like, oh, my God. I know. We have our new uh, studio over here, and uh, the light that we are off of, and not to complain, because this, this place is a radio palace. It's an awesome place to call home here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, but... This time of day, it's a little uh, little hairy getting over here, especially if you don't. There's no turn signal at the light, so you can get stuck in that line forever. I got really lucky. It was, yellow, <laughs> it was a yellow flashing, and I just got ahead of these two cars, so I was like, "Oh my god, thank you." Well, a ton of Grizz hockey stuff to to talk about. We have a bunch of fun stuff coming down the pipe, but the entry point for this is uh, Mike's also a big NHL guy, and a guy that knows a lot about the NHL and the Stanley Cup playoffs starts tonight. I always do a little book of the day and this is uh, a book that i got probably when i was in middle school the greatest teams in sports history it's by tim crothers it's a sports illustrated publication but they dialogue like the 30 best teams in sports history this came out probably the late 90s so that doesn't kill a lot of the modern teams but the first hockey team you see is the montreal canadians they talk all about uh they're unbelievable i mean their, their dynasty was probably longer than anybody's just because you're talking about like 24 titles in the span of like 50 years. They won the the first. They won about the first half of the NHL titles. Yeah, it's a weird thing. There's a really cool um, graph out there that shows like it's like titles adjusted for Stanley Cups for like era. And sure, teams. sure. So they really in that they have like six titles because they've won so many with six teams when sure, right, the league right, was right. so much smaller. And they had a lot of built-in advantages. They were the first people. They had first dibs on uh, French-Canadian players. Wow, okay. So yeah, like huge no advantage. to draft them, so that helped. But they also were a great, greatly uh, run organization. They had good coaching, good scouting, and they, you know, they built up a dynasty. They had some built-in advantages and only six teams, but still, it's super impressive. Truly amazing, though, for all of the great little dynasties and big dynasties that there's been in the NHL, there's only been two three-peats in the history of the league, and they were both by the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they were both like 60 years ago. Even the Canadians, when they were stringing them together, they'd have one in the middle that would derail that three-peat, or even Edmonton, uh, the Oilers. They went two, lost one, and then went two more, so they won four out of five, but there was never three in a row. Did the Islanders ever? I thought the Islanders I, I don't know. I, I, I was looking on the internet. They said okay. only the Maple Leafs twice, but there's been, there's been runs where it's like two out of three, three out of okay. four. I saw something that said like 30 plus years ago or something was the last time it happened. Okay. Be like the Islanders era. But yeah, it's still super, super rare. And now in the Salad Cap era, 
I don't know how they've done it. That's incredible. And so now here we are with the Tampa Bay Lightning, though, into the Stanley Cup Finals. Game one of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight on ABC. Tips at 6 p.m. And uh, it's in Denver, which is that in itself is a big deal. We're going to get to that in a minute. But the Lightning sort of in rare air going for their third straight Stanley Cup championship. Yeah, they are, to me, the best organization in all of sports. I th- so they Why is that? What makes them that? Well, so they think like, their run started like 10 or 12 years ago. They've been a true contender for yeah. a decade. Which is probably harder in the NHL than any other any team other sport in America, right? It's the flat cap. Yep. It's uh, it's a really rugged game. It, guys get hurt. Careers get ended. Right. Uh, Dominated by young guys, right? Yeah. Even more than, I mean. More pro- so than ever. And you'll probably find less guys over the age of 30 in the NHL than any other sport than maybe the NFL, but I mean, definitely way less than in baseball and basketball, right? Oh, yeah. It, it's trending super young. It's trending fast. It's trending skilled. And the Lightning have been able to to keep up and be ahead of those trends. They're, uh, they have a big analytical department. They're one of the first mm, NHL teams to really look into sports data and analytics. And their GM is just a really cerebral, he's a law um, lawyer. He was a lawyer before he got into coaching and GMing. And so he just has a more cerebral approach, and it's really paid off. It's funny, before they won their two cups, they were the team that couldn't get over the hump. Right? And they got swept by Columbus in the first round a couple of years ago, and everyone was, is this the end? Is this the end? And now, oh, wait, is this one of the best teams ever? It's like, well, it's the same team. <laughs> same coach, same core, most of the same guys. I, I always found that argument sort of odd. Like, even if they didn't win these cups, they'd still be one of the best organizations for the last decade in the NHL because sure. they've been a contender all the time. Right. Two, Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, Mike Anderson, uh, Grizz Hockey, as well as uh, some NHL analysis here on ESPN Radio. Uh, you're right. The Islanders did go four in a row from 1980 okay. to 1983. Andrew uh, was giving me the four fingers, and so then I, <laughs> I typed her into the old Google machine, and, and you're right. So there's been three three-peats in the uh, history of the NHL, including one four-peat by the Islanders to begin the 1980s. Um, I've heard from various pundits looking at Twitter uh, and NHL reporters. I've heard you know, on ESPN National them talking about how this is one of the most compelling Stanley Cup matchups in quite some time. And you mentioned how well the, the Lightning are run. Before we start analyzing the actual matchup, this is sort of a product of the Avalanche doing things right too, right? I mean, they oh, sort yeah. of bottom this thing out. But then, like you say, with the hard cap, don't you think that drafting well and drafting in the right spots, getting the right guys, is, is, is probably more important in hockey than any, any other sport? It's the only way you can do it. There's no other way to, to win in the NHL. You have to draft and develop your own players. You're not going to bring in enough free agents that make a difference. Otherwise, your cap situation is going to be crazy. And the Avalanche, they bring in Joe Sackick. A legendary six player. Six years ago or yeah. something. Uh, he brought in Patrick Waugh. That kind yep. of blew up. Yep. I hated the Avalanche under Waugh. Interesting. Like a deep hatred. I thought they played scummy. I thought they played in a way that was against everything I feel hockey should be played. Hmm. And he, when he left, Bednar took over. And I, I, they're one of my favorite teams. And I think Bednar, again, it's more of a cerebral approach. It's more of a we're going to play fast. We're going to play hard. We're going to play between the whistles. And we're going to outskill you and outwork you. And it's, I mean, I think Colorado is the favorite for sure coming into this. They are so good, so deep, and they're just buzzing. Uh, they're buzzing. They've been pounding people. I mean, it, if you like goals, I, I've watched, I think, four <laughs> Avalanche games this year. I think they've scored at least five and as many as seven goals in all of them. I think they're averaging almost five goals per game in this playoffs. I would. I haven't looked at that, but I wouldn't be surprised. I, I sure have it up here, 4.74 goals per, per game. Yeah. I don't know how you beat that. I guess, you know, the thing with Tampa is uh, 
if we want to get into styles a little bit, yeah. Tampa is a, they started out as a sort of free-flying, uh, aggressive, offensive team in the beginning of their run, and then they really sort of reined that back in. Mm-hmm. And now they're, I mean, they want to run three, one three one trap in the neutral zone, which you'll see, you'll see a four-checker pressuring, then you'll see three guys across, and then a defender mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. back. And it's a big, it's a easy, we run it with the Grizz, actually. We Interesting. Try, we try to. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we, we really want to push guys to the wall on entry. So you'll see a lot of Colorado Avalanche guys getting in the zone with possession. But then they'll get pressure right away, quick transition, and now Tampa's right down your throat. And then they get the pucks low, and they're trying to create offense from behind the net, which is, again, if you look at the analytics, both those things are higher percentage opportunities. So they really lean into those. New Orleans Now ESPN Radio, Mike Anderson in studio with us talking some Stanley Cup finals. They begin tonight, 6 p.m., game one from Denver. You mentioned uh, taking some stuff from NHL guys and implementing it into Grizz hockey. Oh, yeah. I remember being at a press conference once, uh, and one of the other reporters in there, was a, he was a pretty young kid, and he was kind of still learning his way. And uh, he asked the coach, this is after a college basketball game, he asked the coach, he's like, you guys are really struggling shooting the three. Have you ever thought about taking some concepts from the Golden State Warriors? <laughs> and the coach said, listen, son, I don't have Steph Curry and, and uh, Clay Thompson. It doesn't work the same. Doesn't have Draymond Green. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, what is the biggest gap, though? Like, when you're trying to run that sort of zone trap, like, from an NHL team, what's the biggest uh, difference between – your guys, which are good, you know, college level hockey players, and these guys that are playing at the top level of the game tonight. It's uh, it's a little surprising. It's not as much as the physical. Like I've skated with some guys who play in the NHL. I've skated with guys who play D one, which is NCAA Division one hockey. Really, just unbelievable good hockey players. It's all up here in the brain. It's decision making. Right. It's processing. They're able Seeing to it read, too, right? able to read, and make the right decision. Andrew quicker. loves soccer, and he's always talking about the guys that are truly transcendent are the guys that oh, can yeah. see it beforehand. They can see the triangles, the shapes, the the way the and, balls. Andrew move. should read the playmaker's advantage. Okay, they have a lot of soccer stuff in there. It's really good. And they talk about, they've done studies with soccer players, like they analyze their eyes. Mm. And the players that are like what Andrew was talking about, they see space versus people. Interesting. So that's like the big difference. Can you? And this is sort of like the European guys in the NBA yeah. too. Like Luka Doncic yes. is very much like this. He sees the space. He's not, he's the slowest player in the he, league, but he goes wherever he wants. Yes, he's and that to me that is the best hockey players too. Yeah, yeah. And these spacing sports, you need to be able to understand where the next open spot's going to be, not which guy is open. Because by the time you see an open guy, it's too late. You've missed it. You've missed that little opportunity to get them to puck the ball or whatever it is. So those type of players are. They're awesome. I like that stuff. The other interesting fold in this series is the Tampa Bay Lightning, as the two-time defending champions, had to claw and scratch their way to get to this Stanley Cup final. And the Avalanche played 14 games to get to this point. They basically breezed into the the final. So how much of an impact does that have on hockey when one team's a lot fresher than the other? Or I guess will the Avalanche be fresher? Well, hopefully if Kadri's back, that'll help them a lot. I think we saw it with Tampa when they swept Florida and they dropped the first two versus the Rangers. That's one side of it. They were definitely more fresh going the next four games where they rolled four straight against the Rangers, and the Rangers were coming off two seven-game series. John Cooper, the Tampa coach, even mentioned that. Like, we had some rust coming off of us from the rest, but then it showed it helped them out later in the series. So the longer this series goes, the more it plays into uh, Colorado's advantage, I would say. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. Uh, this is a great graph on the uh, ESPN article, uh, ESPN.com article, previewing the Stanley Cup Finals. It says, 
this is not a matchup in which upstart teams are trying to prevent a prohibitive favorite from winning the championship. That is so often yes. the narrative of the Stanley Cup, right? Who is the big dog? Who's going to take them out? And then after that, who stays on or runs out of gas first, right? And the big dog always wins because right. the last, so it was Dallas two years ago. It was Montreal last year. Yeah. And they both were bad, to be yeah. frank. Like, Dallas is a middling team. Sure. They had a hot goalie. Montreal was finished the worst in the NHL this year. Right. They won the draft lottery. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> They're terrible. Yeah. And they didn't really change all that much. They lost right. a couple centers who were decent. Uh, they, I mean, it was just a terrible season. So they regressed hard. Right. But you see it every year. Team makes a run. Yep. And then all the GMs of average teams start to believe that they could do it, too. Sure. We just need that run. Tampa and Colorado, they don't think that way. And this is that no, this is a battle between two of what have been the two best teams in this playoffs. There's a galaxy of stars, a collection of heroic players, strong coaching staffs on both teams, and each team excels at what the other team excels at. In other words, Colorado, 4.6 goals per game during the playoffs. Edmonton, or excuse me, that ties a record from Edmonton set back in the Wayne Gretzky days. Jeez. And uh, Tampa Bay, though, allowing 2.4 goals per game, so they are one of the best defensive teams yes. uh, in the NHL. So uh, strength versus strength, which I think is going to make this a pretty compelling series. And even I was mentioning the, the trap stuff earlier, even by um, how they play, they match up well. Colorado enters the zone really well. Tampa disrupts entries really well. Colorado looks to get uh, shots off the rush, and they look to get shots off the cycle. Tampa collapses in the middle very well. Tampa cycles really well. Colorado defends low. Just like everything that you see, how they match up stylistically, it's a big challenge for both sides on both ends of the ice. So I'm pretty excited. I think it's going to be the best Stanley Cup in a very long time. Well, the we t- you and I have talked about this. One of the things that has really eluded the NHL and Major League Baseball is the development of these superstars. I know that hockey fans know the stars, but the very few of those guys are sort of in the the pop culture conversations of America, right? I would say none. Yeah, right. Unless, unless, I mean, isn't Aaron Andrews or Carrie Underwood, one of those is married to a pro hockey player. You can kind of get in the conversation yeah, depending they, on who you marry. Been, yeah, they do tend to marry that type of... <laughs> there's a lot of blonde women. A lot of fam- famous... Famous. Yeah, famous yeah. tall blonde women, for yes. sure. Uh, <laughs> but who are some of the, the, the guys to watch in this matchup? Kale McCarr. Yep. Is, he should win the Norris this year. Uh, he, I think he's the best defenseman in the NHL. Yep. By a pretty long shot, and that's no poo-pooing on Victor Hedman, who is a star for the Tampa Bay Lightning on the defensive end who's already won a Norris. And then you have guys like McKinnon, you have guys like Landeskog, you guys have like Miko Ratnan. That's just Colorado. Sure. Then you have depth guys on both teams who are really fun to watch and great. I think the the two biggest things is does Kucherov for Tampa, is he the Kucherov who's unbelievable and dictates the pace of the game and does whatever he wants or is he going to kind of hide he's had a weird playoffs where he's been either exceptional or sort of like where is he what's he doing out there and uh, if he's going Tampa's really really hard to beat because they're defensively they're super strong across their lineup and then they have guys like him and Stamkos and Braden points back for Tampa which is huge he's their best center that lets Cicerelli do a little bit more of what he's more comfortable doing uh, yeah, it's and then Vasilevsky and Net for Tampa. He's a star in his yep. own right. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Mike yeah. Anderson, Chris Hockey in studio, do a little Stanley Cup Finals preview. 
who's got the advantage then in net? Because oh, Tampa for sure. Tampa does for sure. Yeah. Like, didn't, didn't the Rangers have a good goalie too? Isn't that the like, best goalie? That was like the the duel yes. right between the Lightning and the Rangers, but the Lightning just rolled. And I think that their goalie was like pretty much perfect in the series. Yeah, right? Vasilevsky was terrible the first two games, mm. and then he was unreal for the next four. Uh, Shesterkin was great throughout, and he was the only reason New York had a good season this year and the only reason they made it around the playoffs. That's not to say they don't have good players. Zibanejad was really good. Kreider was really good. Adam Fox just won the Norris last year. But they're not deep at all, and they don't have a lot of skill besides their top guys. And Shesterkin, they, they bled shots. They bled chances. Shesterkin just stood on his head all year. He had one of the best statistical goaltending seasons in the past 20 years, wow. including the playoffs. Like He didn't... A lot of times goalies will be really hot, then they kind of fade. He was mm-hmm. hot all year. So he was the best goalie of this year going against Vasilevsky. You could argue the analytics don't necessarily say this, but you could argue he's been the best goalie in the past five to eight years for sure. It seems like the, the series format in the NHL playoffs and in the finals, it, it, it's always so exciting because it seems like the back and forth is so huge. But both these teams have really good home ice advantages, right? There's an unbelievable statistic. The Avalanche have only lost two games in this playoffs. Actually, both of them were at home. They're undefeated on the road so far in this playoffs, which is crazy. But Tampa Bay, they are 7-1 and one at home, and uh, their only loss was way back in the third game of the first round. So they've won a bunch in a row at home. But tonight's game in Denver, mm. how much of does home ice play an advantage in this series? I think it's going to be good for Colorado coming off of a pretty significant rest periods we were talking about to have the energy behind them of their own home fans. I'm pretty sure, yeah, Tampa opened up on the road against New York Mm -hmm. after a big rest, Mm -hmm. and they didn't have that extra juice from their fans, so I think that might mitigate any of that rust, at least energy-wise, as far as for the Colorado. So I think that's the only real thing, though. To be honest, once you get playing, like it helps you keep your juices going a little bit, but for the most part, you hear guys say they don't they're so focused on what's going on. And sometimes road teams in hockey do better because the whole mindset is simple, simple, simple. Like, don't try and do too much. Don't try and do that. And that tends to help you win win more games than not. Stanley Cup Finals begins tonight, 6 p.m. You can find the game uh, on ABC. And uh, it is the Tampa Bay Lightning playing at the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Mike Anderson from Grizz Hockey in studio talking all things Stanley Cup. Before we talk a little Grizz Hockey, well, I have one last question for you. The... Um, I guess it's like a two-part question, but the fact that this is in Denver tonight and that there's going to be four Stanley Cup games, if this thing goes seven in Denver, it seems like there's not as much Stanley Cup finals action out here in the West. So how big of this is for, I mean, how big is this for hockey in the West? More importantly, though, does any of this kind of stuff influence you guys from Grizz Hockey? I mean, is having prominence? I know you guys are recruiting from all over the country, and mm. you're recruiting from the hotbeds of hockey no matter what. So, you know, hockey being in Denver doesn't make hockey more popular in Minnesota, where you guys are getting no. a lot of your guys. <laughs> it can't really be more popular in Minnesota. But, I mean, what do you think? Is there any impact here of the Avalanche hosting this thing? For us, probably not, no. Yeah, right. But I think as far as a region... I mean, the last time they hosted was nine or 2001. It's right? been a while, yeah. And that was huge. I yeah. think for Denver, it's a really big thing in Colorado yeah. in yeah. general. Uh, the West, like the states surrounding them, there's not really much hockey totally. going on. So I don't know how much of a impact. I mean, you got the Kings in L.A., right? The yeah. Sharks. The, and then Coy- the Coyotes. And, and now Seattle's a new franchise. Coyotes Vegas. A disaster. Yeah. 
they're playing in a college rink next year. It's barely bigger than Glacier. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'd like to think it's going to have a big impact, right, on, on – yep. unless, like you said, unless it sort of bleeds into the general pop culture mm-hmm. thing. It's just – it's pretty regionalized still. And baseball has that same problem. It's a very regional sport. NHL, the, like the teams that are in that market, you know, in the playoffs especially, Florida – who is notorious for no fans, sold out all their playoff home games this year, too. So Interesting. Every city sort of backs into it and gets into it for the playoffs. But yeah. So I think it's going to be electric there. It's going to be awesome. But I don't know how much it will matter to people outside of Denver. Uh, last time you came on, we were coming uh, from the Desperado. We were talking some, some Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, then that inspired me to go home and watch the King's Ransom, which is the 30 for 30 all about when Wayne Gretzky oh, got sold to the, yeah, yeah. to the Kings. and. It's amazing to really think, though, because, I mean, that was a pivotal moment in, in pro sports history, really. And to think of it 30 years later, 35 years later, I guess, that Wayne Gretzky was traded for basically $15 million in, like, a couple draft picks. It's just it's impossible to even believe. But that had an impact across the board because it sort of validated hockey out west. Mm-hmm. It made the Kings a legitimate franchise in L.A. It made Gretzky an even bigger star. And the Oilers really have not – they've kind of scratched the surface of coming back from it, but not really. I don't think they've been to the Stanley Cup Finals since then. So it's, they, just, a, it's just interesting to think yeah, about. Yeah, they went to an 06 in one of those kind of magical runs. They had yes. Chris Pronger got traded That's right, there. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Rollins, who used to play for the Wild, was their goalie. And they were just – again, they had a, a nice little run, and they lost to a better team. But they haven't been back since that. It's funny, though, because they have – there's been two franchises that, for whatever reason, they've had – this it's like the Packers with uh, Favre and Rogers. Right. Oilers get Gretzky, yeah. and then they get McDavid. Right. Right. So are you kidding me? And then both times they like Gretzky gets Messier. Right. And then McDavid has Drysaddle. Right. So you have these two world class players, sure. and they can't. Their GM, I think, is a complete moron, and they're never going to put it together. <laughs> but um, and then you see Pittsburgh, who gets Lemieux and Yager. And then they're on the brink of collapse, and then they draft Crosby and Malkin. Right. And it's like, how did they? How does that happen? The Wild got our first superstar with Kaprizov ever. It took 20 right. years. And we'll probably have another one because we, we just they don't happen to us. But <laughs> Edmonton should be winning or in cups all the time with McDavid. Uh, they have had terrible management under him. And if I were him, or if I was an advisor, if I knew him, I'd say ask for a trade. Get the hell out of there. For one... They're a terribly run franchise. Yeah. Two, it helped grow the game. Go to I'd love to see him in New York. I'd love to see him in LA. I'd love to see him in a big market where right. his talent's just gonna be around more people more consistently, more media outlets. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, or maybe you're listening or watching on the ESPN Montana app. Go get the app. Bunch of fun stuff. Had meetings about it all morning. We got a lot of stuff coming, new content improvements, all that, but it's also the best way to follow along here. Nuanas now, and Grizz Hockey, and Grizz Lacrosse. Grizz Hockey will be back before you know it. Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey head coach, joining us here in the uh, Northwest Motorsport studio. Northwest Motorsport, largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can find that inventory online at nwmsrocks.com. So uh, the year two of the uh, return of Grizz Hockey on the horizon, but you guys have been doing a lot of recruiting, and uh, I actually spent the weekend with Tucker Sargent, who's one of the, the administrators, or I guess, uh, what, what do we say, front office executives here? Whatever he General was, manager, hockey ops, sure, manager, sure. mastermind, but he was yeah. saying that uh, the word is out about Grizz Hockey on the recruiting trail, and uh, that's helping you guys quite a bit when you're trying to get some uh, new talent to Missoula. 
Yeah, we've had the fortune uh, of having a, a guy around named Spencer Ward who made some really cool videos for us. He's up in Alaska now again, but I send those out on Instagram to a kid, and they're, you know, it's an instant, oh, hey, what is that all about? That looks awesome. That's really cool. Um, and then we've just, we've spent a lot of time on social media doing stuff, but a lot of time just reaching out to coaches, a lot of time reaching out to players. And yeah, I think it's, our name is definitely getting out there this next month. I'll be going out east to North Dakota and Minnesota for a couple of informational skates with different uh, players in those states. And we held our first prospect camp ever. We had about 30 guys in Missoula for that. Sweet. From all over. We had a couple of Canadians, you know, a couple of kids from the Midwest, a lot of Northwesterners. And uh, it was really cool. And we saw some really talented kids who are going to be with us next year that I think will, will uh, elevate our expectations for sure. What is the uh, the next step between now and uh, the season then? I mean, do you guys have more spots to fill? How does that part work? Because <laughs> you guys aren't necessarily – it's not like a scholarship count, no. like a regulated NCAA sport where you can only sign this many or you're trying to sign this many. How does it work? I mean, you're just looking for talent whenever you can yeah, find it? Yeah, you're just – you know, on every rock you, you you pick up and look under to see if there's anything yeah. there. You don't you don't leave any stone unturned. And, and it's really, you know, you're surfing the internet. You're looking, there's a couple of recruiting sites that you can go to. Right now, I think our biggest hole, we only have two healthy goalies for next season. So if anyone out there in the ESPN verse knows <laughs> of a college level goalie looking Goldberg. for a place to play, we could, I'd, I'd take him at this point. <laughs> One of our goalies got, uh, is getting a hip surgery, and, and so he's going to be out for the year. So we need oh, someone wow. to kind of come in and, and solidify having three. Two, I was trying to think of a, uh, you know, a, comparison on the way over here we have two goalies is like it's like maybe like two quarterbacks in football yeah like, you right. could probably roll with it but then as soon as one gets hurt you're like oh now we're down to one right it's not good at all totally. for practices for everything so yeah we're looking for a goalie otherwise we're, we're we're filling out really well right now we have a lot of d a lot of good forwards we're i'm pretty excited about what we got coming in well a lot of stuff on the horizon uh we'll have updates on hockey se- uh, season ticket and single game ticket sales coming up soon I know that's in the works, and that we'll also have updates throughout the rest of the Stanley Cup Finals. Well, you have to come back one more time before this is... That'd be awesome. uh, So, last thing, then, prediction on the Stanley Cup Finals? You know... All I'm saying is I'm just rooting for Game 7, so that means it's just going to go to Game 7 in in Denver, yeah. And if it goes to Game 7, I think it's Colorado because of what we talked about with just who has more legs. But it all kind of comes down to Vasilevsky. Does he play at this alien level of, of goalie, or yeah. doesn't he? And if he does, I think it's Tampa in five. Wow. If he's average or slightly above average, I think Colorado takes it in seven. So. Three-peat on the line as the Stanley Cup playoffs culminates with the finals uh, beginning tonight. Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey, in studio with us here on Nuanas now, analyzing all things pro hockey and talking a little Grizz Hockey recruiting as well. We will be back with some running from the ice to the pavement. The Governor's Cup was up in Helena this last weekend. Also had the culmination, the cap, to one of the great track and field careers by a Montanan in Division One history. And also the Missoula Marathon is on the horizon. We'll give you an update on all things running right after this. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio.
Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. The Athlon Sports Preseason Polls and All-American teams were released in recent weeks. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Athlon Sports, an extension of stats FCS and essentially the preseason rankings of national FCS writer Craig Haley, placed three Big Sky Conference teams in the top 10 and five in the top 15. Haley ranked Montana number three and Montana State number four behind North Dakota State and South Dakota State. Haley pinned two-time defending Big Sky champion Sacramento State at number six while slotting Weber State number 13 and Eastern Washington 15. An FCS high. Three Grizzlies landed on Haley's Athlon preseason All-American team. Grizz senior linebacker Patrick O'Connell, who rolled up 14 sacks and, and 20 and a half tackles for loss among his 105 stops last year, along with fellow Buck Buchanan Award finalist Justin Ford, who led Division I college football with nine interceptions, highlighted the list. Kick returner Malik Flowers, who enters his senior season with five kickoff returns for touchdowns, also made the squad. Montana State running back Isaiah Fonse, who enters his senior season needing 186 yards to become Montana State's all-time leading rusher is the lone Bobcat on the list. And finally, Grizz football signee Nick Genitone has been named the Omaha World Herald Newspaper's Nebraska Boys Athlete of the Year. Genitone repeated as state wrestling champion as a junior and senior while also running 10.5 seconds his senior year in the 100 meters. The two-time All-State football player is slated to play linebacker for the Grizzlies. What kind of chair do you have at your office? Mine's been driving me crazy. You know how you just have something and then you just decide you just don't like it and then you can't get it out of your head? You need a, need a better version of it? I need a new chair to sit in for this show. I tried to get one of our conference room chairs, but it's too low on the table, and then I'm looking like I'm putting my chin on the table. We're in the middle of a redesign for sure. Uh, Northwest Motorsports Studio is going to look a little different sooner than later, but uh, I think I'm just going to bite the bullet and just go get my own chair and then, you know, Make up for it along the lines. But I know that most of you out there listening, you probably have a chair at your office. Where'd you get it? Text us, 406-888-1029. Where should I get a new chair? <laughs> All suggestions and uh, inquiries acceptable. 888-1029. Welcome back. New is now. That is the station line, the Rangish Brothers RV phone line for our show here at ESPN Radio. Appreciate you all for hanging out and uh, following along like you always do. Coulter Nuana is coming to you. Through those Northwest Motorsport Studio, Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, new to Montana. You can find them here in the Garden City at the corner of Stevens and Mount, or you can visit online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Let's dive into a little uh, River City Runners. River City Runners highlighting some of the best runners from around the state of Montana and also giving you some bulletin boards because I know it is one of those lifelong sports, uh, a lot of runners around Montana in general, especially 
our friends that are listening on the radio waves here in the Garden City. And uh, I know there's a lot of, of uh, podcast listeners as well from over in Bozeman. A couple great running towns. This is a great running state. I think that's why we see such high-level uh, performances. So, but we also like to highlight some of the local and uh, statewide events in the running world. Because um, I know a lot of you out there like to participate. So... Um, this last weekend, first an update on one of the biggest races in the state. The 48th Governor's Cup was run in Helena over the weekend on Saturday. Uh, heavy rain, of course there was. And uh, pretty much relentless from the start of the race to the finish. Yet, more than 1,800 runners and uh, representation from over 35, or exactly 35 different states were represented there. Uh, at the state capitol in Helena. And how about that, though? 1,800 runners in 35 states represented, yet it was a local product. Lane Ryerson, who took home the men's marathon title at the Governor's Cup in Helena, he is a Helena native and a former Carroll College runner. He was also once upon a time a state tennis champion. He ran his marathon in two hours, 39 minutes, and 49 seconds. That's a six-minute, six-second mile pace for 26 miles. Unbelievable. (laughs) <laughs> Crazy. Uh, he also had his half-brother, uh, his brother, excuse me, and curl, current uh, Carroll College distance runner, Clayton Ryerson, take third in the marathon. So uh, a couple good training partners there uh, f- for sure. Uh, the women's half-marathon was won by Jonna Schwartz, who's also a Helena native. So there's a lot of Helena flavor uh, to the um, to the Governor's Cup. Micah Drew, who's actually a media guy up there in Kalispell, he, uh, he's also a former Montana Grizzly cross-country and track and field runner. He won the men's half marathon, one hour, 12 minutes, and 39 seconds. So uh, a ton of great results there from up in Helena this last weekend. The women's marathon, by the way, was won by Allison Fitzsimmons of Canyon Creek, and she won in a time of three hours, 26 minutes. So uh, congratulations to all the participants of the Governor's Cup. Also, uh, the Missoula Marathon is on the horizon, and I uh, got an inquiry from the race director uh, earlier this week. And uh, so next Tuesday, uh, you can expect another update on the uh, running scene around the state of Montana. And uh, we'll have somebody from the Missoula Marathon in here to give you all the ins and outs and details. The event is a weekend-long event. It's a great event headed up by Run Wild Missoula, and uh, the festivities get underway on June 24th, and they'll run through uh, June 26th, so um, brings a ton of people to town. It's definitely one of the best additions that we've seen. It is a United States Track and Field Certified Marathon. That's also a Boston Marathon qualifier. There's also the half marathon available and uh, a 5K available as well throughout the weekend. And uh, it, the Missoula Marathon is, uh, you know, it, it has grown so exponentially. I remember when I was first working at the Missoulian in the mid-2000s, uh, first as an intern, and I was fortunate enough to cover, I believe, the second Missoula Marathon. But it was uh, eye-opening to see just how many people really love distance running and, and can somehow convince themselves to run uh, 26.2 miles without stopping or or with very, stopping very little. But th- this has become a... A nationally and world-renowned marathon. Runner's World Magazine uh, had it on several different top 100 lists. 
It's the top marathon for back of the Packers, so an easy entry point. And it's a top 10 bucket list marathon, according to uh, Runner's World magazine. So a lot of accolades for the Missoula Marathon. And uh, next um, week, we will have uh, a guest in here to tell us all about the ins and outs and the details of one of the best summer events in the city of Missoula. It is River City Runners presented by Zootown Sports Cards. I just went and checked out the new Zootown Sports Cards. Uh, new location there, 2100 Stevens Avenue, Suite 102. And uh, it's cool, man. They got all sorts of cool stuff. The uh, the nicest card, I uh, or I, uh, the most uh, intriguing card that I saw there in the display case, a Steph Curry rookie card that's signed. And uh, they got a cool little $15,000 price tag. But don't worry, there's all sorts of different things you can... Uh, you can get down there at Zootown Sports Cards for any collector of any level, whether you're an expert or somebody that's had, a, had it as a passion for years and years or somebody that's trying to get back into it or somebody that wants to get started or want to get your kids started. Zootown Sports Cards loca- located there in the Stevens Avenue, 2100 Stevens, Suite 102, proudly presenting River City Runners. Last note to touch on, and I don't think that her track and field career is anywhere close to over, but her collegiate track and field career is over. Christina Aragon earned All-American honors at the NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships for the Stanford Cardinal. The Stanford senior, she is a product of Billings, a Billings senior graduate, and she ran four minutes, 10 seconds flat in the women's 1,500 meters to earn a silver medal. That's her highest finish at uh, an NCAA meet, and it earns her All-American honors for the ninth time. And uh, that's why I don't think this is the last race Christina Aragon will ever run. I, in fact, truly truly believe that she will be uh, a professional, just like her older sister, Danielle. But the, uh, the dynasty of Aragon sisters in the Montana ranks and then at the highest level of college track and field. It's been very fun to watch. And uh, I know the Montanans have a lot of pride in our exports that go to the highest levels. And this was the highest level that Christina Aragon has yet reached. Uh, a a uh, third-place finish in the 1,500 meters, and that's her fourth time earning first-team All-American honors and the ninth time in her career overall that she's won uh, All-American honors during her outstanding career. Uh, running for the Stanford Cardinals. So we'll see what leads Christina Aragon or where, where the, uh, the the path, the track, leads her next. But uh, we'll not be surprised to see her continue running. And uh, probably, first and foremost, at the World Championships next month in Eugene, Oregon. So cool experience for kids from Montana to have these multiple trips back to Tracktown USA. I mean, Lucy Corbett from the Bobcats, she was there in Eugene last year and this year. For the College Nationals, as well as the U.S. Olympic Trials. Same story for Duncan Hamilton. He was there uh, twice in one month for the NCAA Outdoors and the Olympic Trials last year. And now, this uh, upcoming July, they'll all be back there again after this last week being there. They'll be there again twice in one summer for these world championships there at uh, Hayward Stadium in Eugene. So it should be fun to follow along. That's our River City Runners. It's presented by Zootown Sports Cards of Missoula. Zootown Sports Cards, 2100 Stevens Avenue, Suite 102. Go check out their new digs. Pretty sweet uh, for all of the levels of collectors, whether you're an enthusiast 
or just start now. Go check out Zootown Sports Cards here in Missoula. How about some free wings? And uh, how about some more updates on the world of prep sports? It's all-star football season. We'll talk Class B all-star game. We'll talk about a former Montana Gatorade Player of the Year on the move. We'll talk about the East-West Shrine game, and we'll talk about one incoming Grizzly from out of state who's making waves in Nebraska. All that, plus some free wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Man, love some of the shows I've been able to see the last couple years since moving back to my hometown. But that Steely Dan one was sneaky surprising. I knew it was going to be good, and I was more there for the Doobie Brothers, a little bit more uh, in tune with them uh, pre-show. But it was uh, super fun to... uh, Check that out down there at Ogren Park Allegiance Field. And uh, can't wait for some more of the shows we got co- upcoming uh, in the next couple weeks and months here in the city of Missoula. But that Steely Dan one a couple summers ago, that was a fun one. Time now for a little prep extra. It's presented by Farmer State Bank. And stay tuned in about, oh, I don't know, seven minutes. Keep on listening. We got free wings for you to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill as well. Prep extra presented by Farmers State Bank. First, a note uh, from our good friend Moose, who uh, joined us a little while ago. Cooper Elliott, who's a graduate of Missoula Sentinel, playing uh, for the U18 Missoula squad here uh, in the baseball world. Not American Legion, but otherwise. But he threw a no-hitter with 12 Ks against the Billings Expos, and he also hit a home run. So uh, pretty darn cool. And uh, I always love those Updates of uh, kids from across the, the state of Montana doing special things, but a no-hitter for Cooper Elliott. Pretty cool. 12 strikeouts and hit his first home run. A bunch of other stuff going on uh, in the world of high school sports, even though school is out. It's all-star season, so uh, so far in the books, we have the six-man all-star game in football, uh, the eight-man all-star game, the Bob Cleverly Classic. Those are both complete. We also had the Class B all-star game, last week and uh, no surprise but a variety of Florence Falcons running around on the field a lot of talent there for the state champions uh, at the Class B level and uh, so those three are in the books the East West Shrine game which is one of the big ones is upcoming remember now the Badlands Bowl is no longer an event at least for now um But Montana dominated North Dakota so thoroughly in that All-Star game that uh, that one is not on the docket anymore. But the Shrine game was taking place in Great Falls on Saturday. That'll be a fun one. Uh, I'll be on my way up there to check out the East and the West. And coming up here in about 10 minutes, we're going to hear from the coaches of the Shrine game. 
both um, Bryce Carver, Hamilton High School head coach, as well as Mark Sampson, the head coach of the East, who uh, recently retired at Great Falls. But uh, all but one all-star game in the books, and then we'll start turning the page to when many of these all-star football players start making their way uh, to the college ranks. Prep Extra, presented by Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. One uh, young lady who was a prominent prep player in the state of Montana, she's on the move. Former Montana Gatorade Player of the Year, Kendall Keller, a Haver product who helped lead the Blue Ponies to two state championships and then was the Gatorade Player of the Year as a senior. She's left the Lady Grizz to take her talents to Carroll College. So Kendall Keller, uh, the 2020 Montana Gatorade Player of the Year, on her way to play for the Carroll College Saints. That's where her parents played. Keller, the uh, niece of Julianne and Cheryl Keller, who were great Lady Grizz uh, from back in the day. They held from Malta. So Keller leaving the following of some family roots to go follow some even deeper family roots and uh, trace the footsteps of her parents there at Carroll College. And it'll be interesting because uh, Kendall Keller was uh, a good role player for the Lady Grizz the last couple of years. She had a hard time shooting the ball offensively. But she was a good on-ball defender, uh, good tenacity, definitely played hard. And I think it would be a good fit there at Carroll College. But how about the, the roster and the talent that Rochelle Sayers has been able to compile there at Carroll College? She's now got, uh, I guess, what would, would it be? Three of the last four girls Gatorade Players of the Year, they're on her roster because Dave, Jamie Pickens, the former four-star recruit from Helen High, she's got two of those Gatorade Players of the Year. And then they also ha- now have Kendall Keller, who's got one, so that's three. And then they also have Cameron Hilborn on their roster, a Helena High product, who um, played for a season at Montana State. So three Division I recruits there at Carroll are pretty darn good. But Carroll's been very good. They took the Bobcats, who ended up winning the Big Sky Tournament last year. They took them down the wire. They only lost by three or four points last year, Carroll College did, uh, in Bozeman. So they've got good talent, and uh, also the talent between the Big Sky and the Frontier Maybe not as much as you think, and so much of that is because so many of those great players from uh, the Frontier Conference are from Montana, and they're such great girls basketball uh, at the high school level in the state of Montana. But it, it'd be interesting to see how, how Kendall Keller fits in there at Carroll College. I think I think it's a good fit for her, uh, both because of her familiarity with, with um, Helena and the program and all that, but also I, I think that she's going to be a good player in the Frontier. I think her skill uh, will shine there uh, in the Frontier Conference. One last note for you. This is uh, a news brief out of Nebraska. Vince Genitone, who signed with the Montana Grizz football team uh, earlier this year, he he's from North Platte, uh, Nebraska. He was named the Omaha World Herald's Nebraska Boys Athlete of the Year. So that's a prestigious honor. I mean, Nebraska's rural like Montana, but Nebraska also has Omaha, which is significantly larger than any city in Montana. And uh, there's a lot more people in Nebraska than there is in Montana, even if it is still a agricultural uh, state and a, and a rural state. But impressive for Genitone. And he did it with his diversity. He was um, an unbelievable football player there at North Platte High School, uh, two-time first-team All-State selection. And then he was an unbelievable wrestler. He captured the... 195-pound Nebraska State title as a junior, and then came back and won the 220-pound Nebraska State title as a senior. But this is the most impressive part. He went 104-4 and in his wrestling career. 
But here's the most impressive part. This dude's your state champion at 220 pounds, a two-time state champion wrestler and an all-state linebacker. He also ran 10-5 flat in the 100 meters as a senior. Crazy, man. It's unbelievable. I, I bet you you will not be able to find... I, I would actually almost guarantee that there is not a 220-pound state wrestling champion anywhere in the United States of America that can run 10.5 flat in the 100 meters. I, I almost guarantee it. If you, if you find one, if you have one, if you got a Google... Uh, search for me, you can show me, or you, you just know of one in your head, tell us. <laughs> because uh, just truly unbelievable. I, I did not think that that was a, that that, that could be duplicated, but uh, Nick Genitone looks like a pretty darn good one as he makes his way to Montana. Uh, dare I say, exactly the type of guy that, that Bobby Houck is looking for. A guy who's tough, knows for the football, wants to be a Grizz, and uh, also tough enough to hang on the wrestling mat and fast enough to run at an elite level. I mean, for to, to put that in perspective, 10-5 flat would be the all-class record in the history of the state of Montana. Damian Nelson holds the record right now at 10.50 seconds. Damian Nelson, a great false CMR product, he's been an all-big sky sprinter for uh, a couple different rounds uh, at Montana State in the last several years. So, uh, and, and Damian Nelson, <laughs> he goes about 5-9 uh, probably 170, not not uh, like Nick Genitone, who's about 6'1", 220. So looks like a pretty darn good prospect for the Montana Grizzlies. In the article about him being named Omaha World Herald Athlete of the Year, he said, once I went to Montana, I absolutely knew that was the place I wanted to go. I remember talking to my dad on the way back. I just had this gut feeling that that's the place I wanted to be. So I called Coach Houck that night when I got home from a visit and I told him that I was committed, and that's where I wanted to go. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he, he plays out, but he's got a lot of upside. Bobby Houck said about Vince Genitone during uh, his press conference announcing the new recruits. He said, Vince comes from a football family that has a lot of Montana roots in his extended family. He's a really athletic guy. In track, he ran 10 This is coming out of his junior year. He hadn't run the 10-5 yet. And I don't know many state wrestling champions around the nation who also run 10-8-7. So we're excited about Vince. He's got a chance to be a very dynamic player for us. So uh, Vince Genitone, part of an exciting class of incoming Grizzlies uh, that we'll definitely have our eye on. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. The Montana East-West Shrine Game, the 75th edition of it, is coming up in Great Falls, Montana on Saturday night from Memorial Stadium. And this week, the West squad is um, practicing in Butte before they head up to the Electric City. And the East squad is practicing in Great Falls, so they'll just be staying home. Coming up next on our ESPN Roundtable at the top of the hour, we'll first hear from West Head coach Bryce Carver, who's the head coach of the defending Class A state champion, Hamilton Bronx. And then we'll hear from Mark Sampson, a guy who has coached all around the state of Montana, recently wrapped up his sixth and final season as the head coach at Great Falls High, a guy who's been a head coach around the Montana ranks with stops uh, as an assistant at Helena High School, Townsend High School, and Carroll College, and then head coach stops at Loyola here in Missoula, Capitol, Haver, and Montana State Northern before taking over at Great Falls High. Uh, and Samson, 38 seasons and his 390th game as the head coach. So he'll join us leading up to 
the finale of what has been a legendary and Hall of Fame coaching career. That will be next right here on the ESPN Roundtable. Before we close out hour number one, call us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Got a dozen wings for you to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Caller number one, we're just going right off the top because we got to get out, 406-888-1029. Wing It Wednesday, presented by the Despo. Call us now. And keep it right here. It's New Orleans Now, ESPN Radio. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 